Ladies and gentlemen, this is your places call. All right, everybody, back to one. Standby lights one and sound one. Camera speeding. Audio speeding. Lights and sound. Go. And action. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Pretend World's Real People. Hey, everybody. I'm Tyler. And I'm Stephanie. And we are not in the same house recording separately. We are in separate houses and separate almost said states separate cities recording separately (laughs) yes i'm still at colorado springs because um the if you listen to last week's episode um uh that group and i we opened the show last night so how did it um, go besides you being exhausted it went really well it was really it went really really well i mean especially because we literally put the show together in two weeks um which is insane um so but like we had, we had a, it was a small audience, but they were so supportive and they loved it. And it sounded like everyone was going to go home and tell people to come see it. So hopefully we'll just, you know, yeah. Um, no, it, it was, it went really well. And it was just so nice to see the three of them, um, uh, get to enjoy this opening night, you know, experience. Cause it was the first time that the show has been done in this way and, and stuff. So it was really great. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you're not sleepy at all. You're not exhausted. Oh, no. No, you're I, ready have, for this I've been, interview. I haven't been up till one o'clock in the morning for the past week. No. It's fine. No, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. So I'm going to put all the, the I'm going to put all the energy back on you and ask you who we're talking to. Today. Oh, so um, another uh, group of guests that um, reached out to us. So it really does work. Email us and we'll um, we'll want to talk to you. But um, uh, our former guest, Christian Reed, um, you know, told uh, this group, um, a group of three, Marcus, Nathan, and, and Vicky, um, about the podcast. And um, they are currently working on a Viking musical um, creation. So awesome. And uh, it's amazing. I can't wait for you guys to hear about it. Uh, the The show is called Bluff Lena. So uh, sit back and uh, jump right into hearing all about it. Get your battle axes ready. <laughs> Welcome, Blothlina team. Um, we're so glad to have you. Uh, please, uh, let's. We'll start with Marcus. You want to introduce yourself, and and we'll go around. Sure. Hi, uh, I'm Marcus. I am the composer and lyricist for Blothlina, and uh, I work very closely with the other two members of my team, Nathan and Vicky. Uh, I'm Nathan Reese, and I am the book writer and lyricist of Blothlina. And I'm Vicky Club, and I do the orchestration arranging and uh, kind of just like odd body, do all the little bits. Just be, really. <laughs> I love it. This is so exciting. I love to work with teams. Mm. Um, I mean, those uh, are our, our titles, but really we've kind of dabbled into everything together. Yeah, you know, sure, Vicky's sure. helped out writing songs. Nathan's helped out writing songs. You know, we've all pitched in. But yeah, yeah. Those, those are our official titles if you need them. <laughs> it, it helps. It'll help out with royalties later, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why I've given myself as many titles as possible. See, there you go. <laughs> 60%, 30%, 20%. <laughs> um, so why don't you guys tell us a little bit about this piece? Um, and then we'll, you know, get into your history and backgrounds and all that kind of fun stuff. But sure. Nathan, do you want to maybe give a summary of the story as the the writer of the show? 
Yeah. Yes, but I won't give any spoilers. Um, okay, so, uh, <laughs> Bovina started um, as a sort of um, a collaboration between the three of us. We all had similar ideas and what we wanted to do, and we decided we wanted to do, do um, a fight musical, um, which is something that we don't think has been done before. So we thought, hmm, what works well with fighting? Vikings. Um, so, <laughs> exactly. So, um, it's a Viking fight musical about uh, two sisters, um, who have uh, recently lost their father um, and they are um, now trying to take up the mantle of their father and trying to work out how to run the town. Um, but as the eldest sister, Maganhild has taken up the, the leader role um, and then Ingrid as well is also trying to fight for the role as well. And then among, in amongst that, you've got a bit of a love story. Um, and then you've also got um, a neighboring village called Grimmerheimer, um, where feudalism and monarchy is starting to brew. Um, and he's trying to bring that to this new town as well. So you've got lots of different angles coming through. And uh, yeah, that's just kind of the start of the story. Interesting. Mm. Uh, do the two sisters oh, fight each other? Oh, they oh, yeah. fight a lot. In yes. fact, <laughs> actually, it's funny you mentioned that because as we speak, I don't know when this is coming out, but right just an hour ago, we released the first fight song from the musical in which the two sisters are fighting each other. Um, and alongside that, we released a little fight video as well. Um, some kind of proof of concept stuff with two of the fighters we got kind of working. That's so in the exciting. Oh, yeah. Well, 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 this will come out uh, Monday. So oh, fantastic. Yeah. That's yeah. Perfect timing. yeah. Awesome. Add that to the, to the shout outs and promotion. So what, I mean, obviously you guys had, you know, initial ideas before, but what was the, inception of of this outside of just a fight musical was it hey i'm just i'm doodling you know bluff lita in my my lyrical notebook <laughs> and i don't know where it's coming from but it's just happened like what what was or i guess who who can take full responsibility well, kind of, the idea? I, I think it's yeah. split in a way isn't it vicky okay, i know vicky wants to jump in on this so i'll kind of go half on this and then i'll let you tell the rest of the story but essentially like, in my mind when i got into drama school to study acting and stage combat it was kind of a an idea in the back of my head and obviously i i went to school with nathan um and so we we became good friends um we did a little bit of test material as if you know, to see if it would sort of work. And one of the final things we did in our graduation year is we wrote a small sword rap battle to see if the if the, <laughs> the concept was, yeah, it was a small sword rap battle between Queen Elizabeth and Shakespeare, I believe. <laughs> um, oh and it went God. down a treat. Like everyone absolutely loved it. And we're like, right, concept works. That's great. But straight out of drama school, I was working on another musical, which is where I met Vicky. Um, and after we had finished that musical, she was the composer for that. And I was just a performer in it. Um, we and a couple of the other main cast went out for dinner to kind of celebrate and we were chatting over ideas and it was the point where I was talking about, oh, I want to write fight musical and me and Nathan had maybe been discussing, oh, it'd be interesting if maybe we do something Viking-y, that sort of stuff. But Vicky's eyes just lit up and went, <laughs> oh, that's exactly what I've been planning to do for the last couple of months. So yeah, Vicky, do you, you want to tell us a little bit more about what you'd already been yeah, planning? Yeah, so, so basically, um, Marcus has just said he was working as a performer on a musical I was uh, writing with somebody else. Um, and Marcus was a breath of fresh air and we were literally sat around the table. I think it was a lunchtime, actually. I think we were having lunch and we were just sat around the table and he started talking to me about, oh, I want to do a uh, musical with fighting. And I'm like, oh, I'm so into swords. I, I do sword fighting for a hobby anyway. Um, and I'm like, I, I just I wanted to do something with knights and, and 
witches and stuff and then we started talking vikings and uh, a little bit viking um and basically it just <laughs> it exploded and i think uh, marcus had originally been planning to do this about a year after we'd finished that musical i think we started about a week after that musical started planning <laughs> yeah, um, pretty much it was just it was just wonderful it's just <laughs> meant to be yeah two minds totally in sync there yeah yeah, and uh, we kind of skipped over that fact very quickly, but I'd like to point out the fact that Vicky is a real-life fighter. <laughs> she goes out every Sunday morning and beats the <laughs> living daylights out of people for real, whilst me and Nathan are sitting over here with our degrees in stage com combat going, we can pretend to fight really well. <laughs> I need to hear way more about that. Like, what? Yeah. I don't know if we have that. I mean... I have never heard of anything like that in America other than LARPing or. <laughs> Which, yeah, doesn't hold a candle yeah. to what you're clearly yeah. doing. What, what, what is this fight club you're in? <laughs> don't talk about fight club. <laughs> we, yeah, we don't talk about it. <laughs> Just to qualify, I don't actually beat people up. Well, maybe a little bit. So what I do is something called HEMA, which um, LARPing is um, doing the, the uh, kind of the reenactment right. stuff. What I do is Emma, which is um, historical European martial arts. It's very big in America as well. We've actually got a chapter of my particular uh, uh, group um, over in New England. Oh, cool. um, and it's taking off big time. Um, so historical European martial arts. So I study um, longsword and dagger work, a little bit of wrestling and punching called Abrazari. And um, I'm getting into spear at the moment and then pole axe when I get my armor. But uh, um, I'm absolutely obsessed with longsword. Um, I just love anything to do with swords. So, yes, I do actually go and wail on people with a real sword. It's blunt, but it's a real sword. Um, and they beat me up too. And it's just wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you just said something about armor. Do you have to like have full are you like fully suited yeah. and you and you just kind of fight yeah kind of um we do there are there are jackets and body protection <sighs> that you you do wear i mean we don't just blast sure. each other with big pieces of metal. um but i actually joined i actually started joining in with the um we do a lot of demoing and some of the guys do have full armor um and one one day i'll get my arm <laughs> that's I'll amazing <laughs> Do people watch? Uh, like, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. The weekend, yes. Yeah. We need that on the west side of the <laughs> It's absolutely incredible. I, I mean, and to bring it back to kind of the inception of the show, Vicky's eyes lit up because yeah. she told me all about all of the stuff that she'd been doing, which I didn't know at this point. Um, and then just kind of proceeds to bring out all of this research that she's been doing for the last two years on historical female fighters. Um, and so one of the first things that we did when we got together as a trio um, is I, I went, Nathan, I think this is going to be a really good thing to do with Vicky. She's already got experience and it'd be a great point to just start off of the basis of the research she's got. So we sat down and we started going through the different stories that we could find. Um, and Blodlina is not a historical story. It's not like Hamilton. It's not trying to tell um, a real historical person. What we basically did is we kind of went through all of the different stories that Vicky had found and researched and went, oh, that's cool. Oh, but that one's also cool. And I like that bit. And I like that bit. And we kind of <laughs> made almost an homage to all of those stories in a way. Um, and so that's what it is. It's kind of, a, Nathan described it as a, a love letter to Viking culture. 
the other day in some <laughs> email we were sending off and I was like, oh, I like that. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's essentially where Blothlina began. There's a, a bunch of research and, and very excited Viking, happy, hitty people. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what came first, the music or actually going down and, and completing a draft of the story? Um, they kind of worked in succession with each other. So okay. uh, the, we, wanted, we wanted to get it done um, as quickly as possible. And, and I think we all kind of work best as we do our own individual thing, then we come together. So uh, for me personally, um, we drafted up um, a basic storyline and then I went off and wrote, you know, the words and made it sound like people speaking. Um, and then uh, then Marcus and Vicky went out in their own separate ways. Um, so Marcus, wh- explain what you did um, in the first kind of part of. Well, a lot of it was me singing into my phone <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> as I was wandering yeah. around, because I'm sure as many creatives will identify when you go on long walks with your phone, you just end up having all these ideas. And then if I played you back those initial recordings, it would just be, you know, hours of entertainment because you need to get this. Oh, oh I've just got this idea that goes. <laughs> all that sort of jazz. And so I, I went on lots of walks and I recorded stuff into my phone. And then when I got home, I kind of brought that to the piano um, and kind of played in melodies and tried to do that. Um, and then lockdown hit. Um, so we'd started this in 2019 and then we kind of had to navigate most of our way through lockdown and trying to turn this into a show whilst we were doing that. Um, but a lot of the time, um, when Nathan and I were able to finally get back together, a lot of the ideas were all stored in my head, but I didn't have a way to get them out. And I think at that point, I think Nathan got a bit scared of me because I could hear the whole song in my head. And for the next two hours, I was kind of screaming and playing things into the, the computer via the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> just going, I can hear all 10 lines of vocals in my head and I don't know how to get them out fast enough before I forget them. Um, so yeah, that was an intense time. Yeah, um, yeah about, about six months of 2020, all I could just see was a little square window on my computer screen full of hair and screaming. <laughs> Um, it, it was just him um, and that was my life for six months whenever I talked to Marcus and then Vicky's job was to tidy up all of the mess that I'd made yes so I got the, the, amount of, um, the amount of three o'clock in the morning text going I've got this tune can you make it real music please can you, come with me? Can you tell me what the beats are or more are? likely is yeah. here's the drum part Marcus, that's not physically possible for a drummer to play. You've got about five lines at the same time. Sorry. (laughs) That is so um, fascinating to me uh, because like I am someone who is very rhythmic and I can like follow a song, but I have never been successful when it comes to creating music, playing an instrument, anything like that. is there any way you can put into words like how your brain works in terms of song creation and then composing and, and you know, like <laughs> what kind of study is involved? I'm just I'm always blown away. I mean, I, what all, all I can say is I, I'm kind of a musical person. I'm similar to you. Like I can wig out beats and stuff, but like, you know, I'm a very simple man. So I personally would not be able to explain what is going on in Vicky and Marcus's head because they're both geniuses um, at what they do. So I would like them to try and explain and then confuse well, us all. Vicky is laughing and I know exactly why because we have just finished mixing a song that's due to come out in about five weeks time. And as we finished it, I said to her, 
this is what it's like on the inside of my head. And the, the look of horror from her face. She's like, no way. There is a song um, that will be coming out in a few weeks time called I'm the one who will lead them. And it's where the two sisters have basically divided the the town. So um, as Nathan was saying earlier, Maganhild, the older sister, has taken over leadership. But her younger sister, Ingrid, is the more popular one um, and the, the one that the town actually really like. And so after a couple of events, they kind of split opinion in the town which is the last thing that they need when they've got you know an imposing kingdom on you know on their hands um but in i'm the one that will lead them um they're both basically trying to school their side of the army and so you've got uh maganhild singing these kind of rhythmic counterpoint lines against ingrid her sister and then in the background you've got maganhild's army who are doing one rhythmic device and you've got ingrid's one who are doing another and we've layered it up basically to turn it into you know, progressively more chaotic as the song finishes. Um, and so there are about, with, with including the drums and the guitar lines, there are about seven or eight different lines of rhythm going on at the same time that are all kind of like feeding into one another. Holy moly. And I'm like, yeah, this is what my brain is like to, to Vicky and I think it's terrified. <laughs> it's um, working with Marcus is, is absolutely fascinating because his mind moves about light speed all of the time there's always something going on and then what i do is i well i try to just bring it to together to, to make one concept but marcus's mind is a scary but absolutely <laughs> thrilling place it's just incredible and i think we've been really fortunate because i think quite a lot of the time we've kind of synced up and we get on very well we, we have arguments but they're not no, you're not doing that kind of arguments with their kind of creative arguments where we argue why we should be going in a certain direction, why we be, should be using a particular line more than another. And actually, most of the time we agree. We've only had that's a couple awesome. of no, we're doing it. Yeah. It kind yeah. of works. That's great. But yes, it's and I think to come back yeah. as well to your initial question about, you know, what's the process like as a as a composer and putting these things in? I think what Vicky really brings to the whole music side of things that I can't do is um, even though I'm, I'm a trained pianist, I know how to play the piano and I can play it fairly well. I don't play or understand very many other instruments. I don't understand how they work. So as I said before, sometimes I'll write too many lines for the drums or I'll write something that is way out of range for a, um, for a violin or that sort of thing, you know, um, because in my head, on the piano, you've got all the keys, you can just play them. And I, that's what I do. I, I play it in. I play them as I hear them in my head. And then what Vicky has been very cleverly doing is going, sifting through each one and going, nope, you probably need to move that down so that the flautist can actually play that. Um, you need to probably cut out a few beats here and do that sort of thing. You know, just been able to organize the mess that is my brain, <laughs> essentially. That's awesome. That's just so, I, I, it's one of those things where, you just don't understand it if you don't have it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it's fascinating to hear about. <laughs> I mean, speaking as somebody who tried to play the guitar when I was really into My Chemical Romance as a teenager oh. and failed after about three months, I, yeah, it's, it's a whole new level of understanding I will never <laughs> quite get. So I do want to ask when it comes to, you know, bringing other people in with your project and understanding what you're trying to do, do you have some sort of a, like digital document that you are sharing to other members of the, you know, crew or, you know, when you get into production of the, of the, the piece itself, 
Do you have, you know, just a layout where you could say, oh, well, we're doing this here and this here. And this. So is there a way to make it tangible to those who don't quite understand the sort of chaos magic of composing <laughs> and designing scores? Well, I think a lot of it has actually been chaos. <laughs> <laughs> but um, in combination with Vicky helping tidy up what, the thoughts are in my head. I mean, we do a lot of this stuff digitally yeah. and ha have had to mm. because of the pandemic. Um, so we've worked online. We've done things in our own computer programs. You can kind of play the notes in and they'll show up on screen and you can move them okay. around and you can change them in pitch and that sort of stuff. But then what we've been doing more recently since January is taking those, um, well, they're called MIDI instruments essentially, but they're kind of like fake instruments in the computer you can hear the difference and where we can we've been finding some amazing volunteers of guitarists and drummers and people and we go look this is our idea this is roughly what we want it to sound like and then their expertise in their instrument has just taken it to a whole wow. new level so i've got to really um put a massive shout out to giacomo who has been the lead guitarist rhythm guitarist and bassist on all of our songs <laughs> And he has just elevated it. I mean, he, he was in a very similar place to me at the start of the year where not a lot was going on. And I said, I know you're into metal music. We want to take these songs that aren't sounding very metally at the moment and we want to make them more metal. He went, yeah, all right, okay. And then just over the next month and a half, two months, just pumped out the best quality guitar work I could have asked for. Like, it's just amazing. So yeah, an absolutely huge um, thank you to Giacomo of Root Zero is his band. So yeah. Very cool. What is like the dream production of this piece? How many people are involved? Like what, like, we, yeah. What is your Nathan's, goal? Nathan's if, rubbing if his hands every, together. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Nathan's oh. got an answer. Hey, if you've seen the script, you'll, th you'll, you'll see what's going on. So our ideal, we, we have um, the scale of this is similar to the biggest West End Broadway musicals you can have. Your Lamez is your Phantoms, you know, cast of 30. We're thinking, you know, huge ensemble because what we really want to show in this musical is a sense of uh, community um, and a sense of uh, pride as well in um, in where people are, where, where people come from and um, the, what they stand for. Um, and I think a big chorus will really help that. Also, in terms of the music, there's um, often cases, like Marcus was saying before, there's quite a lot of lines. So you'll need more people to, you know, boost that up as well. Um, so, yeah, we're thinking that big. And we want to get a Viking boat, bring it in on stage, want to set stuff on fire, get some pyrotechnics. We want, we want, like, water everywhere. And obviously we need, you know, there's sword fighting huh. in it. And there's, and there's battles. So... You know, we need a space for people to swing massive swords around and beat people with shields and do it safely. So you need more space again. Um, so, yeah. To summarize, it's a director's dream and a producer's nightmare. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you envision having someone outside of the trio to direct this piece so that you guys can focus on? Okay. I think partly because me and Nathan at the moment, and hopefully for some time in the future at least, we're both playing two of the roles in the show. Um, so we play oh. the teenage versions of Thor and Loki, um, nice. which are very unlike the MCU versions. So I would say that they're, they're scrappy <laughs> teenage boys who just you know, are always at each other's throat. Um, and 
yeah so we want to really step into those roles as much as we can so if we can get a director on board at some point in the future that would be ideal if it's if it doesn't happen then we're as a as a trio we're able to direct um but i think it's you know it's an ideal situation if we can manage to get a director to direct us yeah you know it's I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm trying to figure out who's playing Thor and who's playing Loki without asking, (laughs) but I'm going to let it sit until, until the piece is is well in the production. But uh, you know, you're, you're working on the mixing. Obviously you have the story fleshed out. When are you guys hoping you can say, I'm not sure if you're in another lockdown right now, but when are you hoping to get started on this, uh, on this process of just getting things going and and doing maybe like a dry run and seeing how it goes? Well, we're not in lockdown. Um, as such at the moment okay, obviously good. we're still it's still around we you know we've got to be aware that this pandemic doesn't seem to be going too far at the moment <clears throat> we were hoping to do uh, what we'd uh, essentially a reduced play of it with backing tracks rather than what i would love which is obviously a full orchestra i mean mm. oh, the dream yeah. <laughs> full orchestra drums guitars everything but realistically uh, we're hoping to do something come january february Amazing. to put some form of show on with backing tracks, but with as many people as we can get on stage somewhere <laughs> where yeah. we're working on that at the moment. That's I, think, awesome. I mean, is, has, has Christian helped at all with uh, possible venue opportunities or are you guys just, I mean, he, he's another actor it. just like us. We're all searching for work at the moment. <laughs> As our industry recovers, but yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. there's a, there's a big, um, it's a big challenge because like Nathan said, it's a huge, huge show. Um, and so finding support for that scale, even a reduced scale, um, is quite difficult. However, we're really encouraged because every single time we play any sort of songs to any, you know, anyone who really is worth their salt. And I say that because there have, you know, you, you can often get really nice comments and things from close friends, close family. That's always pretty much a given. But when someone is actually, you, you know that they will they will tell you if something's awful and they will, um, you know, not give you the time of day. When those sorts of people sit up and listen and go, I want to see this on stage. And when some of those people are some, you know, big theatres in the local area who are giving us the time and uh, giving us the space to try out these ideas, that's really encouraging. And it means that, you know, we feel confident that even though it's a difficult and a big show and an expensive show to try and put on, that, that we'll have enough support behind us to be able to do that by, by the new year, we're hoping. That's awesome. I mean, we'll gladly donate as much as we can, you know, <laughs> if you have a, some sort of campaign towards the end of the year, we'd, we'd love yeah. to, you know, be a part of that I think, process. I think part of what we're trying to do at the moment is build a little bit of a cult following. You know, when you've got yeah. small musicals that just have a massive fan base that go, this is the best thing, I love it when you've got that group of people already behind you that that's the sort of thing that um just comforts producers who are going oh i don't know if this is going to work mm-hmm. when they can see that you've got a fan base already they go okay we can trust these guys to actually deliver and and you know get the ticket sales essentially yeah. um, if, if they can see that there's a demand then they're going to trust us more definitely and it's interesting that you do say producers just because you know it, that's the that's the part of theater that I hate, you know, is, is the money aspect and the trying to, to, you know, get the finances and whatnot. And, and, um, do you guys have either experience or have a plan for how you're going to get 
that kind of support, you know, outside of getting a fan base, which is great, but like, um, it, especially being a independent group, you're not necessarily affiliated with anyone yet. Like, do you have, what's the process to get there? Do you think? So there's a few different ways that we can try and get money. So um, over here we have um, Arts Council funding, which is a lottery-funded um, council arts uh, funding grant. I'm trying to think of words. Grant. grant there you the go. Writing <laughs> <laughs> has run out of words. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and yeah, so uh, we can apply for that, and they tend they give out um, various amounts of money and stuff and stuff like that. But um, it's very difficult. It's very competitive because that's kind of like the first port of call for anyone in theater that kind of go, I need money, arts council, <laughs> and then you apply there. Um, but even if we did get that um, money from there, you also need to back it up with at least like 10% from somewhere else. So whether that be crowdfunding or just personal funding or independent funding from a theater or just one guy with a lot of money. If there's any people with money out there, give us, give us an email. Um, but yeah, there's also different ways and different combinations and we're trying all of them essentially. Um, but we, what we're finding is because we're relative unknowns, you know, we have, we haven't done anything massive like this before. Um, so we're, we're trying to get as much trust in people as possible so then they will then trust us with that money and that that's part of the process as well it's all well and good ha having great you know schedules and budgeting for everything which is a nightmare because trying to keep things on the cheap and you have actors to pay is difficult um <laughs> you know and so trying to do all that but and if unless you don't have unless you have the trust and the backing behind you you're not going to get far. So that's where we're at right now is trying to build that a uh, bit of a fan base and also, um, you know, so people will trust us in the future. Definitely. And I, I actually, I'm wondering, so you, you brought up, you know, um, offering up sample songs to put out there on the internet and uh, just, you know, previs pieces that you're thinking of using for the show. Do you have any other marketing ideas you want to utilize before the show goes on and try to, you know, garner interest, especially if you're trying to build a cult following, you know, going on social media or uh, uh, YouTube, or I guess TikTok now is probably the, <laughs> the main thing. Uh, do you have any, any like cool marketing ideas you want to try to utilize before you even get the show going? I mean, we have a few. So um, obviously TikTok, you use like the duet, um kind of side of it so i think that's a smart idea because tiktok is such a musical based social media platform and i think that's where a lot of the the clever marketing will be able to go um and then obviously save that put another on everything else but um so there's that and then we were also um like we were chatting before we started recording um or the kind of like comedy skits of how to pronounce Blogina, <laughs> and then do some other stuff with that as well and, and do some other bits. But then we're also thinking possibly we can do some breakdowns of songs possibly. So, um, I mean, personally, I got the idea from um, Jacob Collier. Um, he does um, logic sessions on his songs um, and he breaks down every single line and, you know, his ones are like 200 lines long and they're absolutely insane. So I think something along those lines would be good for the, people who are really interested in the music and the creation of it, because there's so many things you can market and what people want um, or what people think they want. There's um, a difference between that as well. 
So trying to give his people as much variety as possible um, is uh, is a smart play, I think. Definitely. And I think one of the things that me and Nathan have also been doing this last uh, couple of weeks is trying to see if we can find other small creatives that are, do, are doing similar sorts of things as us. Um, so we've been on the on the hunt for new musicals. I think we've listened to probably about 30 new musicals in the last week alone. <laughs> but we've been trying to find all of these little niche projects small productions that have little fan bases of their own and seeing if we can maybe do a little bit of cross promotion and then some of our audience that like their stuff or are interested in their show can maybe go and help support them we're trying to do a little bit of that you know like payment in kind type thing um, and we've discovered some some rather wonderful musicals and some truly terrifying <laughs> ones as well ones that we're you know we still kind of reached out to them but we're like i'm not entirely sure if i want this to be a thing for example so so some some rather lovely ones for example we've we've listened to fiverr the musical um which is a really endearing little story about a five pound note so you know i don't know if you've got a five dollar note have you or is it just ones yeah yeah five dollar note that makes its way through the hands of different people in london essentially and it's the story of of the different people that it's passed on to and i think that's a a truly wonderful sentiment for a musical and then yesterday we were listening to human centipede the musical and i was like no why have you put this in my ears i don't want to listen Uh, yeah look you can see him laughing now yeah truly horrific i mean i never want to see that film but now i've scarred myself from listening to the musical version of it which is almost more more horrific yeah but might, might we add like a parody version as it's a parody it's musical it's horrible. not like trying to be a serious <laughs> okay. it's still horrible but like it's not like we are genuine human centipede the musical it's a it's a parody so there's it's it is funny in places as well but also there is yeah you know <laughs> so we've been we've I mean, been having fun the last week <laughs> Yeah, if you're gonna lure out the scum of humanity, invite them to a very serious human centipede musical, and then just promptly arrest them after they leave the venue, you're good. You're good. It's a small play. I, can't, I mean, parody, fine, whatever. But really, yeah, that's that's a choice. That's a choice. Yeah, we have a we have a parody of that. It's South Park's Human Centipede. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that's no, oh that. I don't know whether I like that episode or not because it's not a great one. <laughs> yeah, there's better ones, but also it's kind of kind of kind of smart. But there we are. Sorry, I want to throw up so bad. Steph, you guys. I do actually. I'm. 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 I'd love to uh, make sure we we kind of just talk about how you guys each individually got to where you are. Like, how did you get started in theater and and music and stuff like that? Like, what. What inspired you to, to, you know, pursue this path? Vicky, do you want to go first on this one? Um, well, I, I think as, uh, as the oldest by several thousand years, <laughs> oh. uh, I, should, I should probably take this one first. Um, I'm actually a, an ex-head of music in schools, um, high schools, uh, and uh, director of expressive arts. So I had uh, 21 years in high schools um, teaching music, teaching drama, theatre studies, uh, being in charge of all of the expressive arts. Um, and it was a fantastic job. But after 21 years, I kind of just lost myself a little mm-hmm. bit and thought, what do I actually want to do? And realised that I had a piano um, that I hadn't played for a couple of years. I'm, I'm, I'm actually a concert pianist. Um, and just thought, this is, you know, this is ridiculous. I'm a, I'm a musician. Uh, I'm a fairly good one actually um don't like to you know be, be an Very ego true. but i am pretty good at what i do <laughs> so um 
decided that I was just going to quit and go self-employed musician and then ended up writing a musical with a, another gentleman and then writing another musical with that same gentleman that actually opened in London, which is where I, uh, where I met Marcus. Um, and this is just wonderful. So I teach piano privately and I compose piano music. I, co I compose musicals. I do tracks for people. I, I write tracks for, um, you know, people with an album say, oh, I need some piano or some strings or something. So they send it to me and I, I add to it. Um, and I appear all over the place. I'm a jack of all trades, I guess. And then this is just, this is heaven for me. But writing this musical has been one of the most amazing experiences. And with lockdown and everything and working with, I've called in an awful lot of favours. Um, I won't list the people right now that um, I owe favours to for having done parts of the musical for us because we will be here for a long time. Um, but, you, you know, you meet people on the way. Um, it's just wonderful. So, yeah, ex-head of music and now self-employed professional musician who writes music for people. It's That's great. amazing. I love that. <laughs> Seriously, good, good on you for just, you know what? I'm just going to do this. That, yep. wow. That's incredible. All right, you guys, who's going to follow up with that? <laughs> I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I will. Um, so I started out um, at my uh, local um, amateur dramatics uh, society. So I went to a, a local production of Scrooge when I was about nine and we got to skip school for the day, which is awesome. <laughs> um, so I went along and a couple of my friends were in it and I was like, oh yeah, they haven't been in school for the last three days. They got three days off school to do tech and dress the show. And then it went on and I went, huh, that'll be cool to have three days off school once a year. <laughs> so when it, uh, the opportunity arose, I joined the Amateur Dramatic Society and then I just fell in love with it. And I fell in love with musicals. I fell in love with acting. I fell in love with theatre, the whole experience of it. And I fell, absolutely fell in love with it. Um, and I stayed there for a couple of years. I also joined uh, West Morgan Youth Theatre Company, um, which is um, a very big company in uh, South Wales, where I'm from. Um, so like the likes of Michael Sheen, Russell T. Davis, um, and a couple of those guys have come from there. Um, which is really exciting. I'm very proud to be part of that. Um, and yeah, did all that. And then I got into university um, in drama school, um, where I met Marcus, uh, acting in stage combat, did that for three years, um, had a fantastic time, loads, cried a lot. Um, <laughs> and then <laughs> it's what it does, man. And then um, after that, just kind of doing bits and bobs, you know, the, the trying to find as much acting work as possible. Um, so I've done adverts, I've done, um, like I, I did something for, uh, goal.com as like a Welsh football fan. I chat about football mm. for a you bit. got blown over um, by a massive Terry's orange in Terry's chocolate orange. I did ad. in, in that advert. Yeah. I, I got, I, I got, um, hit by a chocolate orange as you do, um, done a bit of Shakespeare. So, um, next month, um, I am in a production of Romeo and Juliet, um, locally, which is great. Um, and then alongside that, then trying to you know help write this musical so yeah that's kind of my journey in a nutshell oh that leaves so me cool. um, uh -huh. <laughs> so I, I kind of came to um like drama and that side of creativity fairly late as I guess most other theatre kids would do so I've always kind of been quite creative in a lot of what I, I've been interested in um but I did a complete about turn 
when I was about to to go to university to to college or whatever, I was going to do robotics or, or mathematics or something like that. Um, my A levels, I think, were like maths, further maths, physics, and I also did a little bit of music and drama on the side as well. Um, and then halfway through, when I was supposed to be doing those exams, <laughs> I went off to a summer stage school thing for a week, and I was just like. I like this. I'm going to do this now. <laughs> I severely disappointed my parents by doing an about turn from, you know, something that probably would have earned me money straight away <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, into a life of entertaining for, for, for many people. But yeah, um, I ended up at drama school a few years later after trying and, you know, um, trying to, to get in and, and not managing to, to get in the first few years. Um, but then eventually managed to make it into East 15, um, which was, incredible and that's like Nathan said where uh, I met Nathan um and during that time whilst I was doing um drama school the acting degree I also started writing music for films um I like I said I, I already played piano to quite a high standard by that point it's just something that I'd, I'd learned been taught to do um and I'd never really applied myself in terms of writing songs before I'd write little songs in you know in my bedroom for for me um but at the point when I was at drama school, I was like, I don't really want to take a normal job because I'd already been working at a supermarket chain for like two years. No, actually, it was way more than that. It was about five years, I think, um, to be able to afford to do drama school and and get in. And that ate up my soul and I hated it. <laughs> and after doing that for for that length of time, I was like, right, I'm never doing that again. So whilst I was at drama school, I tried to support myself in other ways. And so I just composed for really cheap on the internet for various different people's short films to gain a bit of experience and that sort of thing so fast forward down the line from when we finished um drama school by that point i think i i composed for about 20 short films which was you know really really good and i'd also done a a whole bunch of games as well so little people's mobile games and things like that um and i'd really enjoyed it and i then scored a three-part series which sadly has never been released but Mm. I've put out all of the music because I composed I think about an hour and 40 or something of this huge orchestral score and after taking on that challenge I was like right I I like big projects now I want to take on another big project I've never done musicals before I've never really been into musicals before I met Nathan and Nathan kind of just brought me into that world because he's so passionate about them and now he plays me things like Human Centipede the musical you played that to me <laughs> don't try and shift the blame now um but yeah so I, I was never really into that sort of thing and, and now he's brought me here and I thought right I'm going to shift focus and see if I can write something a little bit different and that's where this came from now are you two both wearing the Human Centipede musical shirt <laughs> Is that what I'm saying? <laughs> this is a podcast. Man, I just audio. got that. No, no one knows what you look, look like. It's actually their musical. They're just trying to subtly, like, uh, <laughs> it's our side project Under, that we're too ashamed to admit. Block Lita is. <laughs> I had a thought, you, you know, Vicky, I don't know how many students you're still connected with, but I feel like those are some really cheap actors that you can bring on to do the show. Well, but funny you should say that because um, uh, if you ever get the chance to listen to our very first release, we've got a rather lovely young lady who does a beautiful, um, almost druidic voice mm. on our lament. Um, she's uh, actually my niece. Aww. So, yeah. 
Because <laughs> also pretty much our poster poster girl, because it's her yeah. her yeah. eyes and her face that we've edited in, you know, made all you know vignettes and things like that. That's uh, amazing. So yeah, front and center. So I'm just going to be very very cheeky here, as uh, this is a first for me. Um, my niece um, Neve who's uh, just absolutely aced her A-levels and got her first choice uni. So they are, I'm sure she'll watch this on Monday. Yeah. So a little shout out to her. Yeah. Woo! So, yeah, no, she's, um, she's, she's done an awful lot of singing for us, um, calling them all in. It's amazing. It's, it's amazed me during this, this process of just what you can do online with willing people during a lockdown. We have, we've, we've written 22 songs and we've recorded 22 songs and half of the people have not met the other half. Of no, the they've people. never met each other. They haven't been in the same room. And from listening to the songs, you wow. wouldn't know that. It feels wow. like they genuinely have been interacting with each other. I mean, for goodness sake, the two sisters sound like they're actually sisters and they look nothing alike. It's, it's amazing. Um, I do need to focus in on 22 songs. I'm pretty sure you've just written like a five-hour musical. So... <laughs> <laughs> when we did it in the runtime, it actually sits quite comfortably at the normal okay, musical good. length. I think it's about two hours with script. <laughs> to, to be fair, some of the songs are very, very okay, short. That's there's, fair. A, there's a couple of very, very short songs. <laughs> yes. In particular, the one we released today is only about Oh, okay, great. Yeah. The, Perfect. But a, lot ha- but a lot happens. Yeah. In it. A lot happens. In it. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> so your hearts are just so set into this piece. Are either of you working on other things, you know, simultaneously? Is this all you're, you know, wanting to work on right now? Or obviously, you know, being creatives, all three of you, there's ideas that pop up all the time. So are there any ambitions to work on something, you know, in parallel to the current production you have right now? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I know, I know we're all working on different things. Um, I'm I'm constantly writing. So um, Marcus and Nathan, I, I last year during lockdown, I released a piano album, um, and oh um, right now I'm working on my second piano album, which will be piano and orchestration. Um, and as I said, I still write tracks for other people when they they send me stuff and say I want this and this and this. I'm still doing that, and I know that Marcus and Nathan are both doing other stuff as well. I'm sure they'll say in a second. But your brain just does not stop when yeah. when you know you must understand this as as creatives. Your brain never turns off. You're always doing something, and it's it's kind of a weird feeling when a day goes by you haven't achieved something. You feel like you failed. <laughs> you haven't, but you know you've got to, You've got to do something every single day. Yeah. So yeah, wonderful life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, in terms of uh, what else you've been working on, so um, I've, I, I first started writing um, a couple of years ago. I did a um, political piece based on what had just happened with Brexit mm. and all that nonsense that happened in the, those years ago. Um, so that's kind of where my playwriting started. So I do, um, I mainly focus on theatrical um, plays. Um, so I've got um, a two-man show that I'm writing currently. Um, I'm currently writing a one-man show and I've got all these ideas popping around my head and I'm one of these people who will start things and then never finish them if I'm on my own. Um, and that's why I've loved working on this musical because they, it, I've been forced to finish stuff because if I don't, I'm letting everyone down kind of thing. Um, and that's been really wonderful um, to be doing this. But yeah, so a bit more writing and then obviously um, trying to get as much acting work as well um, as possible and just spread yourself so far that you don't have to work in a pub. Mm-hmm. 
that's yeah that's that's the dream never go back to a job mm-hmm. like I was in <laughs> so yeah one of your your guests that was on um a little while ago Christian Reed he's actually my my business partner for Fire and Iron Productions uh, which I'm sure he probably mentioned which is our film company so we, we do little bits and pieces like that and I've been doing all sorts of work for um for for the drama school that we graduated from actually recently oh, I've been wow. working with some of the students for their professional prep doing voice reels and things like that show reels fight reels all that sort of stuff um this today i had a couple of members of my team in working on a giant set of mechanical wings which is like the most awesome project i think i've ever aside from <laughs> modeling, of course um, <laughs> this is like the most awesome thing that I, i've been able to be involved with and I, i'm literally sat staring at them right now in their almost finished form um but putting on a set of, of wings that kind of fold and just kind of explode outwards because we had a commission job for a warrior angel so we've got a full set of suit of armor and now wings that attach and strap into the arm it's just beyond words how cool it is and so you can tell i'm very excited about that um yeah and then personally i've got uh, a small project that i'm off touring around england um over the next well I guess it's month and a half starting next month uh, with a little company called Rise Theatre and it's like primary school theatre with a little bit of music and a little bit of dancing. It's, it's all really, really lovely. Awesome. Um, what is what is something you guys each like? I mean, you know, Vicky, you beat people up with a long sword, but like what is <laughs> what is something you guys do that is not theatrical or do you is every, is everything you kind of do have to do with you know your your work um or do you have like a little hobby that you know you enjoy um so apart from d- doing hema um i i like kayaking oh and i quite often take my camera out with me um and there's nothing better than sitting on the water in the sunset it's oh, just yeah. just um, absolutely wonderful. And funnily enough, a uh, couple of weeks time, once a year, I do a whole weekend where we do something called Sudbury to the Sea. So we start um, Sudbury um, town in um, Suffolk and we literally kayak all weekend out to the Cataway Seawall. So it's a whole weekend where you camp overnight and it's just just silly little things. But it's just heaven and there's about 300 people on the water um it's just just wonderful so yeah i do a bit of kayaking and i do a bit of cycling um when i can yeah. not that i'm overly keen on cycling because that's far <laughs> effort but yeah the complete opposite end of the spectrum i have a really lame hobby that i've only just started because <laughs> i've never really been a person for hobbies because like i've done a lot of creative stuff as my sure. job um but <laughs> it's gonna sound really strange but in our local area, there is seeming like kind of a culture of personalized number plates on cars. <laughs> and people like, I, I personally find them a little bit tacky, but I find it really kind of fascinating and slightly endearing of the people in our local area will go to such lengths to pay for a really personalized number plate. But they get all sorts of weird things in their number plate. And so I've just been taking pictures of those and storing them on my phone as a quote unquote hobby. And reporting that. them to the police. <laughs> they give me entertainment. Why would I get, want to get rid of them? <laughs> what are some of your favorites? I need to hear. Uh, oh, well, I'll look on my phone now, but I know off the top of my head, there was one that said pig nun. I'm like, what? <laughs> Why do you have that on the back of your car? I've had, oh, here we go. I've got Skittle. Skittle was one. Skittle's good. Uh, it's okay, which was kind of nice uh bob's axe <laughs> big wig well big wig kind of if you can say it is it's 
actually I, I won't read the number plate out because that's, that's probably, probably not a good thing, yeah, it kind of it kind of reads off as big wig um well oh no this one is perfect my wife sent me this one and when she sent me the photo she didn't realize how ironic it was so I'll read you what the number plate was, and then I'll tell you where she took oh, no. it and what it was in front of. No. <laughs> the number plate says, well dead, and it was in front of a hospital. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then, uh, you, yeah, like I said, pig nun. Um, I'm nude is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know why these people get this sort of thing. You know, sometimes they're nice ones or, you know, things that are personal to them, but sometimes you just find some really absurd things. So yeah, that's my I hobby. I love that. For a second, I was really worried that your hobby was just lifting those plates and storing them at your yeah, house. Like- <laughs> <laughs> well, I do that on the side, just don't tell me. <laughs> I took a quink picture, quink, of these plates. <laughs> it's amazing how much they pay for these things. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, there, I think it's an extra 200 or so. Um, well, I think at least some in, of them in our are state. a lot more than yeah. that. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, it, 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 I think what the thing is, if it looks like it could be an actual number plate, it's cheaper than if you just had like the letter I in the center of the number plate kind of exactly. thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then for me, hobbies wise, um, I'd love to say I love tuning up cars and drifting around the street, but I don't. Um, <laughs> I I think one of the joys of being a creative is your job is your hobby mm-hmm. and it is something you love doing. So I don't feel like I need one. Also, I get very tired at the end of the day very quickly. Um, but no, I think that's what, that, like I said, that's one of the joys of it. So I never feel like I'm doing work. So I, it sounds corny, but I don't feel like I need a hobby. But, you know, I will do other things outside of being creative, but I don't, I don't do anything particularly interesting. Specific. So, yeah. I mean, you're a writer. Your brain's constantly working, right? There's... <laughs> yeah. And even if you are off doing something else, you will always think, oh, that would make a good scene or, oh, that would make a good show yep. or, you know, something like that. And the, it, it, your brain is always thinking of new ways. And then um, the, one of the best advice, pieces of advice I've ever had was um, from a director. Um, and he said, um, the things you need to, before you go to sleep, you need to brush your teeth. You need to drink a glass of water. I need to have a notebook beside you because your best ideas always come to you in your sleep. Um, so if I ever have a great idea, I will wake up and go amazing. And then, and then if I'm being honest, I will lay on that and never look at it again, but at least I've jotted it down. Um, so yeah, that, that's one of the things as well. Just to pitch in on that. Like I said earlier, when I go for walks at the initial part, I was singing into my phone as a creature of the digital age. Yes. I have my phone by me when I, you know, go to sleep. And that was my notepad a lot of the time. I would wake up at one o'clock in the morning. like this. I'd just sing something into the phone and go back to sleep again. Oh, yeah. 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 I do remember vividly. I think there was one time where it was about two o'clock in the morning and I had a thing through and say, Nathan, I got a really good idea for a bass line. Night. And that was it. Your poor wife. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I feel like there's a conversation brought up. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, another thing we, I mean, it's it's very rare we have more than one person on each episode. But now I'm, I'm curious, given your your backgrounds, do you, any of you have a sort of a, a party story you'd like to share? So it could be this experience that was so amazing you couldn't imagine it happening at any moment in your life, but it did. Or something that was so horrible, 
that you've just held on to it since then. It could be. <laughs> I love That's generally like <laughs> because of the jobs you have, because of the working in, in yeah. the business. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I've got to be very careful here because obviously I did 21 years in a high school oh, yeah. with, with teenagers. So I, I could tell you stories, man, I've seen things. But um, <clears throat> uh, gosh, a, a funny one for me. Uh, uh, I, I, there's so many. I mean, kids are hilarious. Um, sixth form was hilarious. Um, okay, so I, I'm, I think I'm, I was a very supportive uh, music teacher. So when my sixth formers used to tell me that they were going and doing gigs, I always used to go and try and support them and go and watch. And I had some incredibly able lads who um, did a kind of a screamo band. So I thought, I'll go down, I'll support you. So I was there, took my colleague down. We went, we were up the back, you know, 20 years older than everybody else, looking a bit sad, but we were there, we were supporting and went into school the next day and not one of them turned up for my colleague's lesson. Um, and I was like, oh, this is, this is not good, you know. So I wandered down and uh, somebody said, oh, they're in the library. So I wandered down to the library and I saw them <clears throat> and I said, um, gents, I, I have to say, I'm really rather disappointed that, you know, we came to support you and then you didn't make the lesson the next day. And I just did my normal, you know, caring teacher, just a little bit disappointed, gents, you know, I walked away. The librarian came to see me um, later that day and said, um, you had three six footers in floods of tears because they thought they'd let you down. Oh, <clears throat> oh no. Oh. I'm not Gary. <laughs> he says, not wielding her. I was about to say, was there a sword in your hand? <laughs> but, but the, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's just it's something that stuck with me that, that, that I'm disappointed rather than shout, because I don't shout. You guys, there's no point in shouting at kids. Um, but that I'm disappointed. And I reduced three, six foot blokes to tears because they thought they'd let me down. That's amazing. <laughs> that shows just how important you were to them. And like, yeah. that's the, the, I think I can only think of maybe one or two teachers in my whole life that, you know, I would not have wanted to let down and in like, that's the, they're people who I still, you know, think so fondly of. And that, that's awesome. I love that. And also they deserved it. They should have gone to class. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. But it's just nice because it stuck with me, and the fact is that they have—they've all—they're all back in contact with me via social media and telling me what they've done. And all of them have gone into music, so it's stuck with me because they've all just gone on, and they're all musicians. That's amazing. And I think that's just wonderful. So something that stuck with me. So I, my, my stories—I have to be careful, as I said, when you're working with kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are stories that you wish you could erase from your mind. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, I'm going to cheat with my story a little bit. Um, so mine wasn't technically work. I wasn't getting paid for it, but it was back um, in my youth theatre days uh, with Westcombe Morgan Youth Theatre Company. We got the opportunity to go to South Africa um, and we performed um, a version of The Passion in South Africa. Um, so we went to this farm uh, called Rutgedacht, which is an old olive farm. Originally, it was um, an olive farm which uh, they would sell olive wine. Um, but it, it, the people who ran it before the charity came in, um, they would pay their workers in olive wine. And that was how a massive area around this farm became so full of poverty and generations upon generations of alcoholism and other, you know, uh, alcohol related issues. Um, and then this wonderful charity came in and they took over the farm 
um, and they now produce olive oil, vinaigrette, and all you know healthy um, stuff that you can get from from olives. And um, you know they've got people in the around the community um, work, working and earning actual money, and um, they've got kids in school and trying to build up. And they're slowly breaking down this generational um, poverty, which is um, so rife in that area of South Africa. But anyway, um, so we got to go over there and perform. Uh, but we got also got to perform alongside the kids of the farm and of the charity, which was an amazing experience. So our first night we were there, um, we had this massive party to welcome us there with food. And the, fu- the food is amazing, by the way. If you ever get the chance to go to South Africa, the food is incredible. Um, and all locally sourced and everyone was lovely and, you know, um, and so le- welcoming as well. But one of the best things that happened was after we kind of shook hands and stuff, we shared national anthems and we, because South Africa is very musical as well. They they love all their folk stuff and they've got a massive sense of pride in where they come from as well. Um, And they sung their national anthem to us and it was it, it was incredible. It was beautiful. And then we sang ours back. We shared and we learned each other's anthems. And we shared this moment of musical, national connection. And like, like I say, that is something that I will never forget. It's yeah. such, it was such an amazing moment. I love that. I've been having all this time to try and think through all the stories. I've got so many that just are brimming around <laughs> in my head. And like, do I pick a funny one? Do I pick a sad one? Do I, you know, whatever. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the fact that just before the pandemic happened, uh, I was on my very first tour um, and I was doing a piece of touring musical theatre. Um, and it was by another small company called Forefront. And they basically had written a little musical about the four fishermen disciples. Um, so it was kind of part of like primary schools, religious education type stuff that we were going in and performing this musical um and the way that we represented jesus in this musical was as a life ring so jesus never really physically appeared as one of the characters but whenever one of us was wearing the life ring we were playing jesus in that moment right so at this rather crucial point in the storytelling where we introduce the concept to the children of this life ring represents jesus and whenever we put it on that's who he is type thing the four of us look out over the primary school kids and go, who's that? And it's quite usual that we had, you know, the last uh, 20 or so performances for the kids to all start looking around and going, there's no one there, that sort of thing. But in this particular primary school, for some reason, I think, I don't know whether it was their school mascot or what, but there was a little tiny teddy bear of Paddington bear sat on the back shelf of their hall. And these 200 kids turned around And then one small voice just went, it's Paddington. And then it spread like a ripple. So at this point where we're going, this is Jesus, you know, whatever. (laughs) We just hear this chant start up from these primary school kids going, Paddington, 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 Paddington. And just a whole chorus of 200 primary school children shouting back at us, Paddington Bear. (laughs) And we're like, no, 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 that's not what we're trying to say right now. Um, yeah, I mean, it's genuinely one of the most yeah, heart, heartwarming and funniest moments oh ever. God. I mean, it, people say don't work with kids, but I'm like, yeah, definitely do because you get mm-hmm. moments like yeah. that. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. 
You should have just put the life ring on the bear and left it there. Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> it, it was a tiny thing. It would have, it would have been crushed by it probably. <laughs> Oh my goodness. That's adorable. Um, what is, we also like to ask all our guests, you know, um, what is a piece of advice that you would give to someone who's interested in joining the arts, who is trying to kind of make their own way, um, maybe is interested in branching out and trying something different? Like what, what was something that you would uh, offer up to them? Uh, plan okay do do it 100% do it but plan um and and uh, it's you know it's, it's something we all know have, have a backup because arts is wonderful if you can yeah it's like it's, I think it's Nathan said earlier um I've been a musician my entire life I mean I was I, I did grade eight piano at 14 um I've done nothing but music my entire life and I've been very very fortunate that I've made a very good career in it but of all, I was always taught by my father, just have a backup. Um, and I've had a backup, you know, I can go back into teaching if I need to, if it all goes wrong. I can teach other subjects if I need to, if it all goes wrong. Have a backup and plan, but do it and do it committed because the arts are incredible. Um, I, think he, I think it was um, Winston Churchill said, uh, when he was asked about why do we go to war, he said, uh, if, you know, without the arts, what's the point of being alive? what's the point in life without art so do it 100% do it but do plan and have that little safety net but be committed um, and enjoy yourself and never ever sorry I'm going on now and I never burn your bridges with anyone it doesn't matter how nasty people get how backstabby how um, <clears throat> judgmental whatever don't burn bridges because you never know when you're going to come across that person again and you're going to need them so 100% professional, 100% committed. Yeah, um, I think I think mine would be. Um, this is coming from a very writer-heavy um, mind, but when whenever you can find stories, story. If you're interested in the arts, everything is or or in my eyes should be driven by a story. So whether that's one, whether you want to write whether you want to act, whether you want, wherever you are, there is always a story to tell. Even if you're a costume designer, there is a story to tell in what you create. So wherever you are in life, try and find stories, people, experiences, communities, find different experiences, go outside your comfort zone and try to experience as much as you can and become as as informed as you can. Because I've always found the most... Um, the people who are the most knowledgeable are often the best creatives because they can draw from so many different places. Um, so yeah, I, I I think find stories and um, and connect with people. Whether that's I, I'm not talking about trying to make connections in terms of work. I mean, if you're going if you're on holiday and we can't right now pandemic and blah, 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 um, but if you're going on holiday. And you go, make sure you go to a local restaurant and ask the chef about the local food, you know, and find out as much as you can about wherever you are, because you can find some real gems wherever you are. I'm going to steal one from one I heard on the radio a little while ago, but only because I kind of try to live this anyway uh, but so one of the best pieces of advice for actors and people in the entertainment industry that I heard recently was 
don't be bitter. And that kind of comes from a place of like when you see your peer groups, especially people you've studied with, you know, if you've graduated from drama school or if it's just, you know, high school or whatever, when they get to places that you feel like you should also be, you know, you might be as talented or more talented in some cases than some of your peer group. And just because of the right time and the right place, they've ended up in positions that you feel like, you know, for some reason you should be there as well. And it's really easy to get bitter. So try not to, and try to just celebrate them, celebrate with them, be as authentic and gentle. It's okay to be sad about that stuff, but don't get jealous of it. Don't, don't get bitter because we're all doing our, our own thing. You know, we're all on, on a different path. Um, and so as you kind of like just progress through your journey in the arts, focus on personal goal, focus on what you want to achieve out of your work, out of your creativity um, and try to not, not be blinkered as such, but, you know, try and ignore, ignore the noise of what everyone else is doing um, apart from being, you know, as, as congratulatory and as, as genuinely kind as you can find it in your heart to be when you're not getting the work that you need. Um, So yeah, that's, that's a little thing I'm going to (laughs) take. Three solid pieces of advice. I love it. It's always, I just, every time it, it's that people, even if, it, if it pieces of advice are similar, it's everyone is very specific to that person's journey and that, and it's just so nice to hear. So I, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. I know a lot of our listeners need that, especially mm-hmm. those in the arts community. We need all the advice we can get, especially mm-hmm. don't be bitter. <laughs> I'm talking to you person without a name. They have don't reason be to be bitter if they don't have a name. <laughs> How are you supposed to look them up on IMDb if they don't have a name? <laughs> They're just that good. You see them in everything. They don't have an IMDb Pro account. They're just that good. <laughs> Guys, this has been incredible. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad you reached out. I'm I'm saying I'm so thankful that Steph has her computer with her because <laughs> <laughs> she she got back to you guys corresponded. I'm over here lollygagging, working my I, well, I work at a I work at a brewery, so I can't uh, I can't say a whole, whole lot, but I <laughs> am really glad that you guys reached out yeah. and you know, we we're able to have this conversation. We're not used to having three people on at the same time. It was that kind of awesome. I love it. Very inappropriate, <laughs> more appropriate than I thought it would be. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm going to go back on that. But anyway, Steph, what were you saying? <laughs> oh. <laughs> what was that? Huh? I wanted to make sure um, we plug, you know, where can, where can our listeners like find you guys social um, online? Uh, or, so or anything, you can find yeah. us at, right, hang on. Twitter is at Blovlina. You've got Facebook, Instagram, TikTok is Blovlina Musical. And then I think it's the same on YouTube as well. Um, so spelt, spelt the English way, nice. which is B-L-O-D-L-I-N-A. Got it. Yes, right. so you can find us all there. Um, and like right. I say, we will be releasing a um, new song every Friday for the next couple of weeks until we run out of songs um, every Friday. At... We've got 22 yeah. of them. We'll be fine. <laughs> uh, so we're releasing those at uh, 5 p.m. UK time every Friday. Awesome. Very cool. And um, any other further announcements regarding crowdsourcing or um you know productions will be posted on all of those things as well yeah space. 
That's fair. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> and we're, we'll share everything that we see, especially if there's a crowdfunding page that pops up. That's yeah. Thank our, you very much. On both all three Thank of our you. social medias, you know, the collective one and then our personal ones. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Well, um, this is the time where we have to do our spiel because why not? We're a podcast. That's what everyone does. <laughs> Um, thank you once again to our listeners. Um, we love being able to do this for you every week. Um, and it's, it's just a joy. So, uh, we hope that you're enjoying it as much as we are. Um, please continue to follow us on all our social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PWRP podcast. Um, please continue to rate and review and tell your friends about us. We have stickers that we'd love to send to people. If you give us a nice five-star review, um, and, uh, what's my other thing? Five-star review rating. Are you forgetting? I think I I did it all. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just opened a show last night and so I'm exhausted. So my brain has now ceased to work. Um, She's a little sleepy. Yeah. Uh, but yes, all of those things. You listen to other episodes. My spiel's at the end of those. Too. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we're coming up on fifty. We're getting I pretty know. close. I'd say so we're, we're pretty solid. Uh, oh, and mine's even longer. Uh, if you would like to join us, whether you're somebody who's new to the arts community or somebody who's been working in it for quite a while and want to share your story, we'd love to sit down and chat with you. So please send us an email at pwrp.pod at gmail.com. <laughs> Whew, that was a lot. Uh, and now think, it's uh, time. It's time for our awkward goodbye. It's ready for the best part. Have uh, you, okay, uh, I has. I assume all three of you may have heard Christians? previous episodes or Christians I don't episode? think Vicky would have because Vicky doesn't know. Uh, no, it's okay. okay, you don't need to know Christian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got friends all over the place. Uh, so this is the, uh, just the most... Uh, awkward part of our interview uh, which is very suitable because this is time for our awkward goodbye uh, the way this will break down is I will do the Wayne's World countdown silently uh, the listeners will not see nor hear but when I point we're going to all culminate to one awkward goodbye you can say whatever you like you can say nothing you could be awkward but I'd say the louder you are and the more awkward it is the better it is for our listeners <laughs> also, are we all I'm, in I'm agreement? expecting the delay now <laughs> between <laughs> yeah. where we are all right and goodbye